Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. Welcome to another episode of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast. Today's special guest is Lilia Bogueva. Bogoeva, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. She is a somatic practitioner, performing, performing artist, and inner demon crusher. Welcome and thank you for joining us today, Lilia. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm on a mission to help people crush inner demons and live in freedom through mainly mind-body awareness creative expression and personal authenticity. And, and I love that. That's why I'm so grateful that you're on today to share with the audience about how you do this. And I would love to learn more about this mind body awareness and finding faith in God that helped you overcome the life challenges that you experienced that led you to creating the business that you have today. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot that we can say about that, but in a little chocolate nutshell. Yeah. So I have always been like a very ambitious type of person. And you know, I grew up doing things like gymnastics and dance, also wanting to be an academic high achiever and just wanting to be really good at everything that I did. But sometimes that kind of drive can make a person very prone to wanting to do anything to reach success and mm. exaggerating on things sometimes. So yeah, I've battled a lot of my own inner demons of relating to like eating disorders, like anorexia, bulimia, also substance addiction, various kinds, sometimes depression, because, you know, I am a very mind body connected kind of person, which I think is usually a very good thing. It's very good if you have a strong mind body connection and you let your mind and body to each other. But that also means that when I'm having an emotional struggle, it can do things to my body. It's like for me, depression manifests as a very harsh, painful mind body experience. So I get everything from the being extremely exhausted to sick to re experiencing and traumatic moments and nightmares and all that kind of stuff all at once was like being hit by a train sort of thing. But at the same time that the mind-body connection makes it more difficult, it's also let me overcome that because I can really say, okay, my body is trying to tell my mind something. What is this? I can really let those different parts of me communicate and then tell me what direction I should go in. Like, okay, how to heal this? So, um, yeah, for me, my concept of self-care is very important, but I really focus on aligning personal self-care with my tangible goals that I want to achieve. So if I'm ever feeling like 
my self-care and my career goals are at war with each other, that actually means that there's something out of alignment. I need to make some adjustments to my career path or how exactly I define success or how exactly I work towards my goals. Because I do believe that you can always create an alignment where your mind, body, and soul are helping you work towards your career goals. And yeah, I'm finding faith in God. I have this um, cross, I even have a cross tattoo here on my wrist. And that's been extremely important because you know what? I found that I could only go so far by thinking in terms of very earthly mind, body awareness and career goals and stuff like that. You know, that got me very far. I was not Christian until my mid twenties. Before that, I liked the idea. I actually liked the idea of God and Christ a lot, but I just didn't understand how to apply it. And some of the other Christian kids at school who I knew seemed to be very pretentious about it, actually excluding people. So mm. I don't really have good examples of what it looks like to use the strength of God to empower your tangible life. That's something I had to learn through a lot of trial and error. And I'm think, I'm saying, thank God for being so patient with me. Like, <laughs> always telling me, because I kind of tell me stuff and I kept on not getting it. Only Jesus can have that level of patience with someone. Well, I had a really big turning <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I had a really big turning point in that in my early mid twenties or so, because at one point where things just culminated. Like I had a big bout of anorexia in my teen years, but by my twenties, I didn't do that anymore. I had some periods where I was like very fully recovered from anorexia, from depression. I felt like a trauma was all behind me. But in my early twenties, it was just not like that. I had that big wave of depression come in. I was like, oh, I thought I'd heal all this stuff, but um, I wasn't consistent enough in trusting my own mind, body, and soul. I was taking way too many influences from the outside world, um, advices from people who really didn't understand what I was going through, what I needed. So I got into uh, I got into bulimia because at one point I was actually rehearsing my performance. I'm a performing artist. At that point, I was doing a lot of experimental music and dance hybrid work where I combine guitar playing with dancing and acrobatics, which is really cool. But at the same time, I made that my idol. I was like, mm. really making mistakes, even in my rehearsal felt like I was about to die because for me, it was like, my art is life. I just put all my faith into what I do. I didn't have enough faith. I didn't know God. I didn't have enough faith in my own soul back then. So it's all riding on how well I do at every minute of rehearsal, performance, whatever. Yeah, so at one point, I just completely lost my shit. And I just went on this big rampage, like eating everything and throwing it up. I was like, that was disgusting. I'm never going to do that again. I know I'm totally going to do that again. All right. Yeah. And I was like, of course, I'm going to do that again. As long as I have this whatever inner demon in me that I'm feeling that I don't know what to do about, of course, I'm going to do crappy things like that. Got into then drinking a lot more and then uh, different kinds of substance abuse. I had a boy I was seeing for a pretty short period at that time who was into using some 
substances of a lot of different kinds. And I was, I said no to him his offers a lot, but just one day I said yes. And it was after I had tried actually getting help for the bulimia and alcohol abuse, but me and that therapist just didn't find common ground. Um, honestly, he kept on doing this thing that was so annoying. He constantly interrupted me to talk about his sad, traumatic childhood. I was like, whose therapy session is this? Man? <laughs> it was something that kind of stuck with me because you know what? I was like, okay, here I'm expressing myself, telling my story. I go two minutes into it and he goes, oh, come on, you're boring me half to death. I'm like, Huh? Was, wow. That, yeah, I was like, is a therapist supposed to say that you're boring me to death by talking about yourself? But yeah, that really stuck with me. That's something that have reaffirmed some negative things I was feeling before about, hey, no one wants to hear you express yourself. It's all mm. about impressing people or it's about serving others, but no one really wants to know about you and your story. And yeah, after a few times, I just fell out with that particular therapist because I just felt like it wasn't a good fit on a lot of different levels. And yeah, I was seeing this boy and you know, he offered me some crystal. It was what he offered me. And I was like, I said no a bunch of times. I'm like, at this point, I feel like the bulimia is going to kill me anyway. So I was like, why not? I'm going to do it this time. And I was like, because at that point I was like, so I felt really, really stuck. And honestly, I feel like between eating disorder or substance abuse, one isn't really better or worse than the other. They can both kill you very efficiently. True. So I was like, I just had that moment where I was, who gives a shit? We're all going to die. So, yeah. And then, um, you know, I have a natural, like a very addiction prone mindset those of us who are very driven that can also that drive can make you very prone to getting into those toxic obsessions as well so of course i'd be a good candidate to actually get into the substance addiction and eating disorder ongoing instead of saying oh i experimented once or twice but yeah i just had this point where it was like i was doing multiple drugs every day and throwing up my food a lot. And I was very, I felt very helpless in all of that. But I just hear something telling me to just embrace this loneliness right now. And someday you'll do something that others will value. Thinking hmm. about, oh, should I get do I need more help this time? Should I go to rehab? Well, I never did that because there are lots of reasons that I never had much formal treatment for any of this beyond just a couple you know, therapy sessions here and there before I before I really got into my full spiritual mind-body healing journey. And, you know, some reasons include like I couldn't find a professional who resonated with me or also the fact that sometimes I felt like I honestly should not bother anybody with my quote, stupid feelings and stupid story and my stupid thoughts and all that stuff. Or I felt like I wasn't ready to even accept somebody you know, caring about me or what I have to say and various uh, reasons like that. But yeah, just hearing that voice saying, 
embrace this right now. Just use what you have inside of your soul. And then someday you'll do something that the world will value. It's a really big turning point. It was like, okay, something. Where do I find a something? <laughs> I didn't really have specifics on exactly what I do, other than just trying to be as authentic as I could. And since then, I have uh, gone to dive deeper into faith, uh, getting to know God some more, because it actually took me a lot of time to realize that the calling that I heard was very consistent with the teachings of Christ. That's not always like, I wish I could have connected the dots sooner, but actually took me until my late 20s to really connect the dots. And honestly, to find a good counselor who I could talk to as well, much better than the others. And yeah, for me, that personal authenticity and really saving my life with what's inside my soul takes the form of entrepreneurship, performing arts, I do music, dancing, and also a fair amount of coaching others. Oh, so fulfilling. Uh, yeah. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing all that. I resonate a lot with yeah. what you said. It's um, We tend to go through a self-destructive phase and it's almost like we don't even realize what we're doing to ourselves. We're just trying to survive and just doing yeah. whatever you know. And a lot of times you don't know what you don't know because you don't know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it almost sounds like in your story, God was preparing you. So that's the reason why you didn't answer because you were, he was preparing you, right? For those experiences. Cause now that you've been there, unlike those therapists, you know what it's like. You understand the importance of allowing that person to have a voice to express how they're feeling and to not say, you know, you learned what not to say. <laughs> from <Yeah. that> guy. <laughs> and you're so much better equipped in your field to support others that have gone through exactly what you've gone through. Because like, I am all about, you know, mind, body, soul, spirit, the whole thing too. But at the same time, your story is so unique. You can help women in a way that I couldn't. Oh, you know yeah. Thanks. You're special in your own. God made you yeah. so unique in your own way. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. And I could easily see women connecting with you and resonating with you and learning from you who have gone through those specific things. Now, I did want to ask you, do you know what the root cause of how you developed uh, the bulimia and the anorexia? A lot of things. So with uh, eating disorders like that, it's very complicated. It has to do with everything from your brain chemistry, genetics, environment, social influences, your own personal goals, like all kinds of stuff. So um. Like, first off, I know that I've always wanted a, a lot of tight self-control. I valued that very much and sometimes too much. So, uh, yeah, my parents immigrated from Bulgaria, actually. So, at first, our upbringing was, you know, we were not very financially stable at first, but they did gradually work their way up the ladder to give us a better means. But yeah, in the beginning, we were have low income and uh, 
there was a lot of uncertainty, like, oh, will we get our green cards and what's going to happen? So I think that that uncertainty fed my need to want some sort of a stable grounding. So for that, I'd reach inside of myself a lot. Ever since I was a little kid, I was very good at finding some little doohickey in my room to play with, something to do. So I uh, attached to dance and sports very early, which was good. Um, um, something had to do a little bit, maybe more than a little bit, like my friend was a boy and he sometimes did stuff to my body that was kind of inappropriate at that age so i did i did start to get kind of self-conscious about my body from that age like kindergarten first grade age but i'd say that need for self-control was a very big factor of it and you know that time when i first developed the anorexia issue it was the early mid 2000s i know at that era in society we heard a lot of like oh thin is in thin is in yeah. i didn't pay much attention to that actually because i was in gymnastics i was like they don't get it it's muscle god <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i was like i had the right attitude about it but my best friend was very skinny very body conscious very food shaming body shaming she was a a picky eater. So she described herself. She pride herself that she was always skinnier than me and most of the other girls. So she do a lot of like poking, prodding, body shaming, uh, and food shaming. Ah, oh, are you gonna eat all that? You're good. That's why you have fat on your butt. And unlike me, who's I'm skinny. And that kind of stuff, I think, triggered me to actually act on it in that specific way but at the same time i feel like i probably would have gotten into some shit anyway even if it wasn't <laughs> specifically anorexia at specifically that age i was like i was about 10 when i first started dabbing a little bit here and there into restriction the idea of losing weight but i was never consistent at it because i always had those conflicting mindsets oh do i stick with trying to be a strong athlete or do i give in to all this body shaming that says i don't look good enough yeah, so by the time I was 13 is when I really committed to this. And I took a lot of pride into committing to this project, it was like my perfect body project. And it wasn't even as much about how I looked as just the fact that I had an independent project for myself to work on apart from anyone else. I mean, I knew that a lot of people don't like that bony look. So I wasn't expecting all the boys to think I'm hot. I was like, I really want to just do something on my own. That's what made me feel self-controlled and self-empowered. So, you know, in that regard, there's, um, okay, it's good that you want to explore yourself and do something for yourself. But again, a little too much self in there and not enough of God in there. Yes. And um, I think it's probably the same for everybody, I imagine. Everybody's just being prepared. But then I think there does come a moment where God's calling you and just like, are you going to answer his call? Or, yeah, because I think maybe some people don't. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, it's really hard to discern. That's something that I work on. I have a, a regular mental health counselor and a spiritual counselor actually at my church. I talk to my pastor sometimes and yeah, I just have all these questions regarding how much, 
how to tell the difference which voice is coming from God whereas which voice is coming from something else. But say the first time I really heard God's voice and didn't fully understand it was when I was 14 years old. I was like my trying to recover from anorexia was going very badly because we actually tried going to the doctor and getting therapists. We tried taking medication, which was really bad for me because the medication actually triggered my migraines and migraines are something that influenced the eating disorder because with a severe migraine where I'd be vomiting and have a headache, I had to get used to going like one or two days without eating or barely eating because if I'm in migraine mode, I have a little bite and then I automatically projectile vomit it. So mm-hmm. it was something, yeah, it was something I started getting those migraines at about five years old. They slowed down after I turned 21. So it's mainly something I had during childhood and teen years. But yeah, the fact that I was already severely underweight, a good 30 pounds underweight, that I, I trust them to take this medication as prescribed. It's supposed to help me calm down about food. <laughs> but then it actually triggered more of these migraines. I can't eat. eat. I really can't eat now and I lose even more weight. And then I felt like I was getting a lot of the blame for that because they would see the results. Oh, the result is that you haven't gained weight. In fact, you've lost weight since last month. Like that's because I was vomiting after taking that medication y'all prescribed. But I feel like there was some blame dodging there on the part of the medical practitioners. So it didn't go very well. I just felt so much like there is no way for me to get out of this. I, I had a, a medical doctor and a counselor try to um, persuade me and my parents actually go to the hospital for that. But I was really anti going to the hospital because I just feel like what's going to happen? Are they going to experiment with more medications? Are they just going to keep um, giving me these doomsday descriptions about how horrible my death would be because of love the motive yeah the motivation there was a lot of fear training adults tried to give me like oh if you don't gain weight you know what it's like to die of starvation it's really bad like wow daily descriptions about how horrible my death will be was like that's i mean yeah fear training just never worked for me okay i can see how some people may say okay i got so scared that it triggered me to want to recover but it just didn't work for me it actually set my mind to a place of like i have done something so horrible to me and my family i really thought i'd be better if i was not living anymore so there was a lot of like i didn't want to recover just because i didn't want to live at all like i don't want to live skinny not in the hospital or not like in any way at all because i just felt like there was just no worth to me being here so then like at one point i'm really rehearsing in my head how i'm going to end my life right now like tonight i'm gonna do this rehearsing exactly how i'm gonna do it and all that and then i just hear and see this is accompanied by visuals that same image of just really use what's inside of your soul and then someday you will do something that the world will value by using what's inside of your soul okay not by absorbing all these different influences they said by reaching inside 
is what the voice said. And I even saw like a little glimpse of what that would look like. Okay, I see myself talking to a group of people and them appreciating it. But that's all I really heard and saw. It was like, I'm searching for something. I'm supposed to do something, but something is not nothing. See how that is? Maybe vague, but something is infinitely more valuable than nothing. It's like, mm. what you do? you're not going to do nothing. You're going to do something. So I've just been trying to search for that something that I feel but cannot see. And, you know, I feel like I'm just inching closer to it. Uh, the older I get, the more I have a radar of like, okay, getting warmer, getting warmer, uh, getting colder. Nope, not that way. Go the other way. And also I get better at being able to tell which people are aligned and could help me versus not. So like I'm better at telling if I do work with a therapist, if this person is going to be helpful to me or if they're just going to send me more in the wrong direction. If I collaborate with other people on a project or whatever I do, I feel like I just get better at discerning that. And I commend you for still seeking help as you help others, because I believe every good coach, mentor, what have you, they never arrive, right? They never reach that plateau where they're 100%. We're always seeking, learning, and growing. And it benefits not only us, but the people that we choose to help and coach that we're seeking out other mentors, that we're seeking out therapists, um, mental health experts, what have you, whatever that looks like for us. Um, our pastors, you know, because you become even better, more equipped to help yeah. those women that you come up, come across. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're getting that sense of fulfillment now when you help other women. Is that fair to say? Yes, because I think that knowing what you don't know is so important. You know, people who say, oh, I don't need any help. I'm fully arrived. I think people who think that they're 100% self-actualized, there's a lot that they don't know that they don't know because nobody can be an expert at everything. So, yeah, I do seek out mentors and collaborators and all of that. So just having that balance between how much I just have my solo reflection time where I just sit with myself and try to hear God versus when it's time to go and reach out and absorb something else. So just getting better at that. And I've learned it's like a muscle, that connection. The more you practice that spiritual discernment, the louder his voice is, if you will, the stronger that muscle you build, that spiritual connection. So like they say, practice makes perfect. <laughs> I don't know if I like that, though, the, the, the perfect part. Practice makes it better, makes you better. <laughs> There's a different version that says practice makes progress. Ooh. So fairness. Ah, I like that a lot better too. Yeah, we'll go with that because the only perfect thing in this world is Jesus. <laughs> yes, for sure. I mean, it was because, you know, recently I decided I wanted my nickname to be Lilia, the inner demon crusher, because I'm all about helping people crush inner demons, live in freedom. However, those inner demons show up. I've noticed that there's a lot of similarity to them. So whether your inner demon has an eating disorder, 
a drug addiction or extreme workaholism that's affecting your health and family life, if it's a codependent abusive relationship, if it's imposter syndrome, I've noticed that those inner demons have a lot of commonalities with one another that have to do a lot with the comparison trap, the always feeling not good enough, the not finding value in your own soul and thinking that your worth is held in something else in this world. And, um, you know, just defining what freedom looks and feels like is, I feel, something we have to do with ourselves. Because I feel like that word freedom can be very often abused. Sometimes, because I'm a metal musician, by the way. I'm in a band called Carcaza. It's K-A-R-K-A-Z-A. That actually means tough, bold, callous, unrelenting. And Yeah, and sometimes metal (laughs) bands will be like, oh, I'm using all these drugs in the name of personal freedom. You can't tell me what to do. Mm. Like. Yeah, I like, I think that their definition of freedom is like rebel against some elements of society, but then become a total prisoner to some chemical substance. So very important to be aware of what freedom feels like to you. And for myself, it is that I am not compelled to do anything that's not true to myself. Like I don't need to try to mask up who I am. I don't need to try to eliminate anything that I feel. The more that I crush my inner demons and live in my own freedom, the more that I understand that a negative feeling can be a resource of some kind. It can be information. It can take me somewhere. At the same time, a positive feeling doesn't have to mean like, okay, there we go. I'm fully arrived. I don't have anything to work on anymore. That's good stuff. to get that balance. Yeah. Yes, it's all about balance. Thank you, Lilia. Do you have any last words for our audience before we let you go today? Um, yep. Yeah. So I guess if people want to know exactly how I can help them, so there are a lot of different ways. So one of the ways is speaking engagements. I do group speaking. And I'm working on writing a book, actually, and it'll be about that subject of what it's like to identify inner demons in your life, how to crush them, and how to define freedom. But another way is personal coaching. Now, with coaching, I'm not the equivalent of something like a therapist or recovery coach because I am certified in a lot of things, somatic trauma healing practices, in strength and conditioning for sports, also in music. But um, the way that I help people is like this. You can work with me to find what are the best outlets for you to find that personal fulfillment. So let's Mm -hmm. say if you are very shy about expressing yourself, then I would say, Voice lessons would be a great thing for you, singing and songwriting, because why? You get confidence in how to use your voice, project, speak with confidence, your posture, and how to write music. Writing music, poetry, or articles, blogs, and all of that is very similar. It's a way of expressing yourself, articulating in words to another person. Or, for example, I'm If you have been feeling like you're working out and it's all to look a certain way, to please a standard 
a lot of the time, the more you work out and compare yourself to these fitness models and influencers, it can actually send you into that never ending, not good enough spiral, this comparison purgatory there. So I can help you in using your passion for fitness, but in a way that is physically functional and actually serves you emotionally, like how to improve your mental wellness through fitness, like how to utilize this movement to actually feel good about your body, release those feel good brain chemicals naturally, and just really do it for yourself. And like various things like that. So I coach a lot of performing artists and a combination of their technique, like how to improve your guitar playing, your singing, your piano playing, and also mindset, like performance mindset, how to overcome that stage anxiety, how to move past imposter syndrome. If you feel like you just completely suck and it's not true, you're actually good, how to acknowledge your talents. And also perhaps the most important thing that my clients get is how to take what you learn in this music, dance, or fitness uh, practice and actually apply that to the rest of your life. Mm. So, for example, the diaphragmatic breathing, that's a big foundational element of singing, dancing, and fitness. Just being able to breathe properly can go a long way in helping you manage stress in all kinds of situations from work to road rage and all of that. Uh, and yeah, it goes a long way, even if you're trying to recover from something like depression or trauma, because, you know, the body really does respond to your emotions. So the more that you can let yourself feel connected, mind and body, you can say, okay, by now my body is really exhausted and depressed. What can I do physically to kind of ignite, re-spark myself, get the juices flowing, get those feel-good brain chemicals flowing, but without being exhaustive. So I can help people with those kinds of balances. So mainly channeling that intense emotional energy, those obsessive tendencies into healthy, fulfilling outlets. Oh, thank you so much. You have so much to offer. So for those of you uh, that are interested, be sure to check out Lilia, the Demon Crusher. Uh, that's actually her website, liliademoncrusher.com. So you can learn more, connect with her. And thank you so much, Lilia, for coming on today. It was a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great discussion. Thank you to all you listeners out there. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye now. Bye.